In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! It is National Small Business Week. And on today's Get Ready for the Future show, we are all about small businesses and small business owners. How to prepare for life after your business. Straight ahead. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. We are glad to have you along. My name is Scott Inman, along with me, John Shrewsbury, and Teresa Arago in the third chair. Today, we are glad to have you with us for National Small Business Week and Retirement Options for Small Business Owners. We're going to talk about that on today's show. You know, when I think about small business owners, I think the man to my right, first of mm-hmm. all. I also I'm think, very thankful for a small yes, business that's here uh, in Central Arkansas, at least. <laughs> every time I get my paycheck, I, yes. in fact, I think of John. And I also think about my father. He was an, an entrepreneur all his life. Jack wow. of all trades type guy, right? And How he, about that? He was always looking at what was right in front of him, or maybe the next twelve months, right? right? And I think you probably do that too, maybe further out than twelve. Even we've got you know vision plans for five and ten for the company, right? Right. And I think the small business mentality is to take care of your people, mm-hmm. to make money and grow. It's not oftentimes retirement. Yeah. You know, I, I don't. It's unbelievable that you actually started off that way, and we didn't talk about this ahead of the show. But I was thinking exactly the same thing. I said, you know, the problem with with my peers in, in small business is they're always always concerned with getting from one day to the next, and mm-hmm. and just trying to keep the doors open and keep things going and that type of thing. The problem runs into when they don't take care of their own finances and they don't take advantage of what that company is doing for them right now, uh, in terms of either reinvesting investing all the money that they make back into the company or spending all the money that they make living a lifestyle because they think I've got to do this now because it might not be here in five years or 10 years or Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. Yeah. And we've seen it a lot, you know, where people have this hyper focus on not paying taxes. Like that's the only thing that they're thinking of when they go uh, each year. And there's ramifications to that when you get ready to retire. So that's one of the topics we're going to cover today too. Yeah, absolutely. You can you can uh, drive yourself to the poorhouse in retirement by by not paying attention to several of the things that, that we're going to talk about today. And and this is not just, oh, there's a couple of small business guys around that, that mm-hmm. do this. Small business is yeah. very pervasive in the American culture. The crazy numbers here. Small businesses of 500 employees or fewer make up 99.9% of all U.S. businesses and 99.7% of firms with paid employees. Some more numbers here. Of the new jobs created between 1995 and 2020, small businesses accounted for 62%. That's 12.7 million compared to 7.9 million by large enterprises. Those numbers amaze me because you think about, you know, all you hear about are the Googles and the Microsofts and the large corporations. And you just assume, I think, that everybody works for one of those. Mm -hmm. It's not the case, though. Hey, Bill Gates and Elon Musk, are I'm sure they're they're great at what they do. And any of those people that run large corporations are, are wonderful at what they do. But the real driving force of the American economy is the small business. As small business suffers, 
worse than everybody is suffering because there's just so many of them. You go to any city, mm-hmm. and and I travel a lot, and I drop into cities all the time, and I'm just driving from one de- destination to the other, and I look around at all of these little small business operations that are out there. Many, many of them are just trying to get by, but some of them are very, very profitable. And it really is a a flashing red light in my mind to the business owner of, hey, let's go ahead and figure out how you can enrich your family's future, not just today, but for the future. And this just highlights how important small businesses are to a community, too. When you think about how much of the economy they support, when those small towns lose those small businesses, it's, it's got to have a drastic impact on them. Well, it, just think about our small business here at GenWealth. Mm-hmm. We employ over 40 people here at GenWealth. That's crazy to think of. And, and 15, 16, uh, actually coming up on 17 years ago, it was me and Janet and Alicia, and that was it. And, yeah. and, you know, the three of us were just trying to get by. And and today it is actually a very uh, viable economic force in the, the lives of all of those 40 families. Yeah. You think about, you know, Teresa, you mentioned the communities, but when you think about the economic impact well, well beyond the communities uh, nationwide, in fact, a 2019 Small Business Association report found that small businesses accounted for 44 percent of U.S economic activity and when you think about consumer spending driving Mm -hmm. the economy and how much of that is still going even today with all the amazon and all of that going on there's still small businesses driving that accounting for 44 percent of u.s economic uh, activity so i think it's only fair when we think of how much an impact small businesses have that we have a conversation that's candid about taking care of yourself too to make sure that you're ready when it's your turn to take a step back yeah and i think that you know, when you're when you are involved in small business and and your revenue comes in in a different way, uh, or you're looking at income in a different way, mm-hmm. uh, you're also operating a private business, right? Because if this yeah. is a small business, it's not a corporation more uh, more than likely. So you're not looking at the stock market on a day to day basis. <laughs> you're not thinking of risk in those terms. You know, because mm-hmm. I when I was thinking about a small business owner, I mean, they're the biggest risk takers out there, right? Yes. They, oh, yeah. they, they they understand you have to take a big risk to be rewarded but yet oftentimes and i can think of i'm thinking of many small business owners that we've sat with just over the last couple of years they are not focused on getting money into a long-term growth vehicle like uh the stock market yeah they they think that i've got to reinvest back in my business and Mm -hmm. and some small businesses take that really to the extreme they they think i can make more money turning it over in my business than i can doing something else but then those have those things have have long-term implications to you Mm -hmm. and you've got to think about okay how is it that I can get money out of my business and set aside to my family's balance sheet and not my uh, personal balance sheet because at some point in time that that uh, business balance sheet is going to go away mm-hmm. and you've got your family's balance sheet to deal with. You've got to be able to keep a lot of what you make or at least a good portion of what you make and you've got to think about apportioning some of that for your lifestyle now but some of that for your lifestyle in the future and we think about this you know we're planners so if you've listened to the ready get ready for the future show for very long we're you've heard us talk about how your retirement is up to you that's always going to be the case even if you're a small business owner and just like with our other clients who are 
simply employees of a business, we're always talking to them about allocating their spending and making sure that they're putting things in different buckets for different reasons. You've got to not neglect your retirement when you're that employer. And that's a real issue because there is a significant percentage, like close to 40% of small business owners think they won't ever be able to mm-hmm. retire. And that's a that's a bad mindset to be in, first of all. Yeah. I think the, you, first of all, need to change your mindset about that and think, I won't ever be able to retire. Change that to this is how I can retire. This is a, I need to put together a plan, a strategy, a methodology so I can retire because I got news for you. You can't do whatever you're doing for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Another number for you, 34% of small business owners do not have retirement savings plans. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about now. Uh, and, And you've already, you guys have already kind of really highlighted why it's important to have a retirement plan. So how do you go about it? Well, you think about where people I think that own small businesses find their wealth or think about if they do think about retirement, how they're going to achieve it is the sale of the business. At yeah. some point, they're planning to get the paycheck for selling their business and that's going to provide their retirement. And I, and I think that that can work out for sure. But you think about the variables involved in that, John, and and it and it may not work out the way you planned it. There's a, there's a lot of variables, and and obviously, if you're in a small business that is labor intensive, if you are having to do physical work to drive that small business, then your body has some limitations on that, and mm-hmm. you've got to prepare for the day that you can't do that anymore. Now, maybe you take a uh, what I would call an emeritus status or or a senior status in the business, maybe. You you run the business and other people do the work and you can do that for a while. But then you have to think about, okay, at some point in time, are you just tired? Are you just mm-hmm. need to, to not work anymore and allow your you to enjoy your life and your body to relax and, and things of that nature? Those are all things that make it necessary to set aside some money in the future that you can rely on to drive your lifestyle when your business may not be able to do that. And we always talk about making work optional. So, you know, maybe you'd think to yourself, I'm going to work for the rest of your life. The statistics would say that that's not likely. But what if you said, okay, at X age, I would like work to be optional. And I'll just go from that perspective because we've got to have a date that we're drawing from to be able to start this planning process. So maybe that's the approach to take to help you kind of get through that conversation. And, And full transparency here. I plan on working until I don't have those two brain cells firing, you know, mm-hmm. because this is not labor intensive work. It's tiring work. I go home tired every day, but it's not something that physically I'm I'm going to break down from. Now, mentally, I might break down from it, but physically, I'm probably not going to do that. And so I understand the fear. I understand the the whole deal of, well, my whole identity is wrapped up in my business. What do I, what do, I do? What does retirement look like? Some people have that, that attitude. But I also know that there's got to come a point in time when I do have to reap the benefits that that business has given me over the years. And Janet has that, that same mindset as well. So really what we're talking about, if we sum it up in one phrase, is an exit strategy. You really, yes. if you haven't given much thought as a small business owner to your exit strategy, and it, and that starts with when you want to retire, even if you don't ultimately do that, you need to have a plan for the when and consider the what ifs, as we've been talking about here. Is the business going, the, the sale of the business going to generate enough 
retirement income for you? Uh, and how do you know that's going to be the case? Because there are so many outside forces that can drive that one way or the other when it comes to a business valuation. But you have, if you haven't had one, I think it would be a good idea to go through the process of getting a third party to give you one. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people just go through their ownership here and they just think, ah, oh, yeah, this is, it's about worth this, right? Yes. But how do you know? Yeah, you don't. Uh, and, and clearly, there are a lot of forces out there. I remember uh, talking with someone about their, their business and I said, what do you think it's worth? And he kind of reared back in his chair and he said, well, I think it's about worth about $3 million. Well, in actuality, it's worth about $300,000. Yes. Mm. I think and, it has to do with how much of it is just purely that person. Yes. There right. are a lot of jobs out there, small businesses, where the individual is what they're selling. And so if they don't have a contingency where that can continue, then they don't really have much to sell. There's not, it's intellectual, it's not tangible. So that valuation helps you delineate the two and be prepared. Yeah, let me break that down in, in plain English. If your business depends 100% on you and you're not there, then the value of your business may not be there. Yes. That's really what it boils down to. There are a lot of people who are the center of their business. Mm-hmm. And that may be because of necessity. It may be because they are a control freak and they got to hold on to all the control of that business. And that's a part of what we've been going through here mm-hmm. at GenWealth is, is diversifying our team to the point where we are able to let go of some things and not be 100% responsible for it because there will come a day when we're not here and the business has to go on. And I remember that process. I got to watch it because I joined the team. We weren't, I think we had like 15 employees when I originally joined GenWealth. And I served as your assistant for a long time. And so I was able to watch that letting go of things and, and, and not being where we go to John and Janet for every single thing. And I, I, at the time, didn't understand what was going on. But now I realize what you guys were doing now that I'm in a different chair and, and see that transition. You have to not have the Charlton Heston syndrome going on. <laughs> Remember that, that uh, uh, deal when he was chairman of the yeah, uh, NRA? Yeah. I'll pry my cold. Dead, they'll have to pry my cold, dead hands from around my firearm. Right. You can't do that with your business. Right. Uh, if you do that, then your business will die when you die. Yeah. And, and actually, it might die before you die. And I understand the logic behind what drives that, though, because, for instance, you and Janet, I know people like to say, oh, you're overnight success. No, you guys worked for a long time to be successful and to be where you are. And so it is hard when this is your baby that you've been working oh, yeah. on for over a decade to go, OK, employees who I trust, let's let you have some responsibility. So I, we get that that's challenging. But if you want there to be a future to your company and it to not end with you, that's what you've got to do. And let's get in the weeds of this, because many, many times, as you said in the opening, Scott, uh, people are focused on not paying taxes right now on mm-hmm. the, the income from their, their small business. Well, that can have big implications down the road. So if you don't have anything that you can set aside and say, okay, I'm going to put this into a retirement account, then you're not going to have any retirement. And by the way, if you are getting advice from, let's say, your your tax advisor or whatever the case may be, uh, to pay yourself uh, distributions to avoid the Social Security tax, then guess what? you're probably not going to have a very healthy social security benefit. And that Mm -hmm. has big implications, not only for your retirement, but also potentially for your disability. If you should become disabled, Mm -hmm. everything pivots off of that social security 
track record that you have. And if you minimize the amount of Social Security that you pay, then you really are, in in very blunt terms, you're really cutting your nose off in spite of your face. It, yeah. it is really a problem. I think mm-hmm. it's uh, that, going back to my dad, I talked about him being an entrepreneur all his life. That is where he suffered because he was showing so much business expense that his his profit was not that great in many years, and he did not pay in on Social Security tax a whole lot. So his benefit is not as large or robust as it could have been. Now, he benefited on the back end of being able to sell a lot of equipment, and that mm-hmm. generated yep. a lump sum for him, and he was able to uh, offset some of that in that way. But that was certainly not a guarantee going in. But guess what he had to do when he sold that equipment? He had to pay yes, tax on that. Yes, so he did. So you got it, him one way or another. He still got it. Yeah, yeah. The, the government's going to get you one way or the other. Right. And, and mm-hmm. you know, all you can really do in most cases is defer taxation. You can't necessarily avoid taxation. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I think we need to, to talk about are the methodologies of saving money yeah. for retirement. Because mm-hmm. saving money as a small business owner, you do have some unique opportunities there. Uh, One thing that we talk to every uh, solopreneur, if you will, just an (laughs) individual that is is an entrepreneur, but he doesn't have any employees, is a simplified employer pension, an SEP program. Think about it as a big, fat, giant IRA account that you get to put more than the average IRA uh, contribution limit into on a regular basis. It's actually a percentage of mm-hmm. your uh, profit of your small business. Yes, and if you're incorporated and not just kind of throwing it on your tax return as a, as a self-employed employee, if you're incorporated, you can put up to 25% of your profits into this account each year. You got to have profits to do that. So again, it goes back to that whole not not cutting off your nose, but it allows you to put your dollars back pre-tax so that you can lower your taxable income, but it's saved for you for later. If you're not incorporated, the limit's 20%, so you have a little less, but it's a great tool to defer some of that and make sure that you can keep more dollars in your own pocket. And true to what we were saying just a, a minute ago, you can defer the federal income tax and the state income tax on that profit, but yes. you still pay the Social Security tax on that profit. Yes. So you still get the benefit of enhancing your Social Security while you're saving for retirement. Yeah, it really it, makes double sense. And the real reason that you pointed out you're the solo entrepreneur, it doesn't work if you have a lot of payroll to deal with. That's right. right. Because if you set this up as a SEP IRA, and you have five or six employees, you've got to offer them the same deal that you're offering yourself. Yes. So yeah. whatever yeah. percentage you're choosing to put in, you have to match that for anybody else who's on yeah. your payroll. So if you have, you know, if you're putting in 25% of your payroll, then you have to put in 25% of anybody who's on your payroll as well. And that's only the employer part. It could get very expensive. And mm-hmm. that's why they created the simple IRA, mm-hmm. because this is much more like a small business 401k plan. There's very, very, very low cost to administer this. Matter of fact, it, a lot of the expenses get get billed to the individual participant, uh, where the employer has an obligation is they have to match dollar for dollar up to a very small amount, 3% of the salary of the employee, only if the employee puts in that much. Mm-hmm. So if you have an employee that's a diligent saver, you can just look at their paycheck and say, okay, if they make $50,000 a year, then $1,500 is going to need to go for that employee's retirement because that would be 3%. And if they're a diligent saver, uh, the, the clear thing to do is to at least do as much as to get the company matched. So mm-hmm. if you just consider what the max uh Uh, obligation of that employer is it's $1,500 for that $50,000 employee. But if you have the same, uh, 
well-paid employee at $50,000, but they don't save anything, then the employer doesn't have an obligation to match. So it is a participant-driven deal there, but it does afford the employer to save money for his own retirement and the company to make a contribution for his retirement Mm -hmm. as well. And so there's some double benefit there. Yes. And so there's a few little caveats to that that I think are really important to note. The employee can put up to $14,000 of their own pay into that. So you as the employer, you're also one of the employees, you can put $14,000 of what you call your payroll into that. And then you can match yourself up to 3% of your salary. And all of those matches are deductible for you as the employer. So it's not like you're giving that out for nothing. And can we talk about the impact of benefits with the you know employee challenges right now with keeping staff? Benefits yeah. are so critical. So even beyond the benefit to you, building that loyalty in your employees is another great thing that comes from offering a retirement plan. Scott, I think that we need to have just a, a little episode of straight talk here because you know you will hear politicians particularly say, oh, we have a retirement crisis in America and we need to create a new account for this or a new account for that. We don't need any more new accounts. What we need is a commitment of people to save for retirement. Yes. There are plenty of types of accounts that you can set up. And and really and truly, and let me ask two advisors on our team here, has anybody had any problem figuring out where to put money if somebody's willing to put it away for retirement. Not a not yeah. one not one time. That's not the problem. Right. The problem is having the ability or the willingness mm-hmm. to actually set that aside and having the awareness that this is a real problem. That's what I was going to say is education and awareness are the two biggest tools that I feel like are missing. Like I mean, when I joined Genwealth, I was in my mid 30s. I had never been taught about IRAs. So I'd been a bookkeeper. I'd helped other people with their retirement savings plans at their place of business, but I didn't have access to one and didn't know that I had access to an IRA because it wasn't taught to me. And then the other side of that is people don't understand what they're walking into, I don't think. Mm -hmm. I mean, many of us, I watched my grandparents retiring just fine. Well, they had pensions. My parents had pensions. My generation won't. So there's a big gap in the understanding of what it takes to retire. Guys, I think that there is uh, a couple things that we need to make note of as we talk about this, because there is some thought process of, well, yeah, I put it in there and I save taxes on it now, but then I have to pay taxes on it when I retire. Well, mm-hmm. you're going to do one or the other. You're either going to pay taxes on the money today or you're going to pay taxes when you retire. Mm-hmm. They are coming up with some things, and you'll hear a lot about this as the year goes on, but there is looming out there in the uh, in the political realm something called Secure Act 2.0. Now, we don't care too much about the Secure Act because it boogered up Ugh, required minimum yes. distributions and <laughs> created all kinds of problems, but Secure Act 2.0 actually does have some real benefit, particularly in this area that we're talking about as far as small business retirement programs are concerned. So let's talk about that for just a second. Yeah, and do want to kind of, if I can, just back up real quick when we were talking about the retirement savings options. We talked about the simple IRA. We talked about the SEP. Those are very easy uh, to set up and to manage. We do that for several small businesses uh, here at GenWealth. There is also a solo 401k. Those are a little bit wonkier to, to walk through. They are advantageous for someone who is a solo entrepreneur to get more money mm-hmm. uh, into a retirement account on an annual basis than you can with a SEP in most cases. 
however, they do have uh, third-party reporting and all of those things, and they can be a little more costly, but we do set those up as well. And then a word real quickly, this show is about uh, directed mainly towards small business owners, but we will also tell you that even if you're a small business employee that doesn't offer one of these options, like a simple IRA uh, for you, you can always, if you have earned income, still open an IRA or a Roth IRA if your income is not uh, too high to make you ineligible. So there is always, to John's point, a retirement savings option. There just has to be the will to put money into it. Okay, mm-hmm. so Secure 2.0, this has been milling around for a while, in fact, and we've done two fastest four minutes in investing segments on it. That's how long it's been floating around there. I was going to look <laughs> it up because I printed off one of these from this was from late March of this year, but I think we did one back in 2021. The first Secure Act passed in 2019. John made reference to that radically changing the way inherited IRAs must be withdrawn over time. We're not a big mm-hmm. fan of that. We're not going to get into that. But this new Secure 2.0 doesn't have as many radical changes. And in fact, I would say there are some good uh, possible changes uh, in there. Um, the new version would adjust the RMD age. Again, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that it's going to do. But it would also potentially increase the amount that you're allowed to contribute to a workplace uh, retirement plan. Yeah, there are a lot of things here that that make retirement more attractive. Uh, there is the auto enrollment of, mm-hmm. of your employees. Uh, there's a bigger catch-up contribution. If you're behind on retirement, you can actually take advantage of that if the SECURE Act does, uh, this 2.0 does pass. But there is that Roth option. Right now, with the SIMPLE and the SEP IRAs, you're not allowed to have the Roth option. And the Roth mm-hmm. option basically just says that you pay taxes on the principal right now and you don't pay tax on all of the gain that you get out of this equation when you retire. Teresa, I saw an analogy about this that uh, basically explained it like this, that any type of Roth configuration is you pay tax on the seed mm-hmm. and then you plant the seed and you in grow an apple tree mm-hmm. and then you don't pay tax on any of the apples that you get. Now, yeah. any redneck from Arkansas can figure out, I can, okay, I can appreciate that. That's a good analogy. This, for this that. is a very good analogy that I'd like to not pay tax on all those apples. Yes. And most people that this would benefit are those that are getting larger checks now anyway. So if you're already getting a big refund, you don't necessarily need the tax deferral. I'm one of those people. I don't need the tax deferral but simples only allow pre-tax contributions right now. So that's what I'm using. But it would be awesome to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to put $14,000 instead of the $6,000 limit in my IRA into a a Roth option and be able to get the benefit of that tax-free money in retirement because that's more spendable dollars in my pocket. Yeah. And Scott, that's becoming more and more at least popular or at least in the awareness of people of when Mm -hmm. they retire they don't have a lot of leeway as far as taxes are concerned. And it's really way more important for someone who is retired to have tax-free income than not. There is also uh, an enhanced incentive for small businesses to offer retirement plans mm-hmm. in the Secure 2.0. Again, this is we should reiterate, it is not passed yet, but it is a, a bill that is circulating uh, through Congress. I think it's been. been through the House, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. and it's uh, awaiting uh, passage in the Senate. And But there is uh, 
almost unanimous consent on this. I think that it passed the House overwhelmingly, and yes. uh, the Senate uh, is looking at it and, and likely to pass it. I don't know where it is on their calendar, but uh, they probably ought to hurry up. The U.S. House passed it in uh, March of this year, 414 to 5 was the vote. So <laughs> well, there you yeah, go. That, that gives you any indication. Wait, wait we actually found uh, something to agree something on, to agree on in yes. Washington. How yes. about that? Uh, five people, uh, you know. Something interesting I saw in here, it says, you know, traditionally employers match contributions to their retirement accounts, but some workers have trouble doing that because of student loans. We all know that that's a major impact on a lot of people. One piece of this legislation would allow employers to make the matching contribution to their um, account based on student loan payments, too, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, that is that is an interesting thing. Here's the key. Clearly, you got to get after it when it comes to retirement, Mm -hmm. especially if you are a small business owner. So, you know, we can talk about what's to come here, but let's talk about what is right now. You do have an opportunity, and I think right now is a really good time to be thinking about this and talking mm-hmm. about this because you either just wrote a check to the IRS yeah. or you just signed off on your taxes being deferred out and and actually getting an extension on your taxes because you don't want to write a check right now to the IRS. Do something about it, small business owner. If you are in that situation, you can change this. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things that I think oftentimes – we, we struggle with our, our brethren in the financial industry and CPAs. They don't really address this. They do address what has happened. They don't address going forward. What can I do to reduce my taxes in the future? Yeah. And, and I think about too, you know, small business owners, as we talked about many times already in our show today, they're, they're focused on the here and now. They're focused on making money, increasing revenue, growth. When you think about, I think about the, uh, client that we have that has been by himself and his sole uh, source of income has been rental income because he has several mm. homes that he has bought over time and he's been enormously successful but now he's about 60 years old and he's starting to realize I don't want to keep up with all of this anymore he's starting to divest himself and selling some of those houses and realizing he needs to get it into the market and into a plan to produce income that makes money while he sleeps. I think that's mm-hmm. the point I'm trying to make, right? Because the the small business owner is, if he's sleeping, because he's thinking about stuff <laughs> right. all night long, it's on you to get out there and the hard blue collar effort to make that company grow when some of this could start to be put into a retirement plan for you that will do it while you are sleeping. You know, they have that that little spiel they do when you get on airplanes and it talks about putting your mask on before you put others masks on. I see this sort of like that as the business owner, you've got to be healthy. You've got to be making wise choices for yourself in order to be able to run your company well. So I think of this as like you putting your mask on, you've got to put your retirement mask on so that you can set the example for your team to also do that for themselves. Clearly, Scott, I think that, that, you know, there's great opportunity here. And I think that that this really does highlight that there needs to be collaboration. Mm -hmm. There needs to be the collaboration of the, the, obviously, the business owner, 
the tax uh, person that that business owner is working with, CPA or what have you, and the financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the big breakdown in this across our country is that people think of of those relationships in silos. Yes. Yeah. You know, if you think about, well, I'm going to go see my financial advisor and I'm going to talk about my investments and I'm going to go see my CPA and I'm going to talk about my taxes. Guess what? Those two things are inextricably tied together. Mm -hmm. You are going to have to get people together and talk about that. And that's why we've begun to do some forward-looking tax planning. Now, we don't give tax advice at GenWealth, but we do some forward-looking tax planning and say, hey, take these ideas to your CPA and you guys talk about that. Wouldn't it be great if we could just pull it all together in one room, everybody sit down and find a solution to this going forward. Mm-hmm. One more thought too I should bring up too the the economy is changing. The world is changing post covid, post pandemic. This yep. is going to become even more prevalent and an even bigger need. You've heard the term gig economy, yep. right? That so many people are working the gig, the next gig, mm-hmm. and they're not worried about long-term benefits of a corporation anymore and they're just going to do something they want to do and there may be a big payday. At the end of that, we've actually worked with a couple of clients. One's 30, just turned 33, and the other is 39, and they had worked a gig, if you will, worked mm-hmm. for a startup company that blew up, and they mm-hmm. got a big payday, a big windfall. They were smart enough to, probably at the advice of their uh, parents, who are older and wiser, to, hey, we've got to do something with this. This can't go all back into the next company or whatever I want to do with it. I've got to begin the plan, even in your 30s, yeah. for retirement. Yeah, the the moral of that story is if they got that in their 30s, by the 40s, they're probably starting over again if they don't do that plan. Yeah, mm-hmm. great point. Mm-hmm. Well, we just have a few more seconds here before we wrap up the show. But if you, you know, John's already kind of mentioned it. If you are a small business owner and you're looking to, maybe you heard something today uh, that generated some thought in you that, you know what, I do need to do a little bit of planning. I do need to start a retirement savings plan for me uh, or for my company and the employees that uh, are under you. We can certainly help you out at GenWealth with that. Uh, we'll, you can call us at 501-653-7355. You can also call toll-free 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You heard the bell. Time for final thoughts. And Teresa, we'll start with you. So I do want to say thank you to all the small business owners listening today, specifically John and Janet, because you guys brought me in here and, and put me in this position. But we know you've put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into your business, and we're all better off for it. But if you're a small business owner, you've got to take a moment today and reach out to someone who is, or if you, if you know someone else who is, reach out to them and let them know that you're thinking about them and tell, you, tell them thank you. Scott, I'll say that, that you know, some of the best business advice I ever got, well, there were two things. One is sometimes you have to go slow in order uh, to go fast. I've heard that a couple of times. You've heard that a couple of times. That was a great piece of business advice I got one time. Pays off all the time. But secondly, I was told when we started GenWealth, don't ever spend everything that you're making. Mm-hmm. I always set something aside for the future, set something aside for yourselves, set something aside for your employees. And so those are the things that I would leave you with today as we as we wrap up this show. You've got to be in a situation where you can do that and stop living to reinvest everything back in your business or stop living to take everything out of the business and spend it today for that bigger truck or that bigger house or whatever the case may be. Have some balance about what you're doing. And if you don't have that, then sit down with an advisor and figure out a plan to get there. 
Well, my final thought is feeling confident about your money starts with a solid understanding of how it works. And you can stay in the know, build a foundation of financial education. That is our passion here at GenWealth. And you can increase your knowledge with GenWealth Academy. Visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash academy to find all those resources. And that is all the time we have for this week's Get Ready for the Future show. Again, thanks to all the small business owners. You are a big part of the economy in our country, and we appreciate everything that you do. And hopefully you will consider some retirement options for yourself after today's show. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, share the podcast with your friends and family. The Gen Wealth financial team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.